Check, 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 check. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to In Killing Color. This is episode number 40. And I can't believe I made it to 40. Like, girl, 40. Yay for me. <laughs> y'all can clap for me too, but whatever. Um, so today, we are going to talk about a man named Russell Neal. I'm not sure if anybody really knows who that is because this is definitely before a lot of people's time. But we're going to talk about Russell Neal and what he did, okay? So let's get to it. These are their stories. So I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was a group back in the 90s. It was an R&B group and they were called High Five. And they used to have a song called The Kissing Game and a bunch of other songs. It was a group of like five guys, all right? I remember them because everybody had a crush on everybody in the group. Everybody was cute at the time, okay? Not so much as they got older, but at the time they was cute because they were still around our age, you know, like little teenagers, like 17, 18 or whatever. So... Russell was one of the members of the group. He was one of the ones that was kind of, I feel like that was kind of to the side, but not really like front like Tony. Because Tony was the one that sung lead. And Russell was kind of like on the side because he couldn't really sing that well. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. So once the group was together, they had a lot of stuff going on. And then Russell kind of felt like, I don't want to be in a group no more because they're not featuring my skills and they're not making me a priority so i'm about to lead a group so like a dummy throughout the height of their group he leaves the group i mean he was giving he was giving his beyonce but he was not beyonce okay he was one of those other members that didn't matter basically so russell left the group and he was still in texas because that's where they were from. He was in Texas and he was still tooting around the city like he was this big producer. And he was a lot more grand than he really was. Which I understand because he still had a little bit of clout because, you know, he was in High Five. He did have a little bit of clout, but not too much. So Russell, this was he was probably about 22, 23, 24. He met a pretty, really, really, pretty, pretty, really, a really pretty girl named Catherine Martinez. And she was very determined. She was very like, go get it. She was really on her shit because she was a beautiful girl and she just wanted to be popular. She wanted to be in the public eye. She wanted to be like a celebrity in her own right, which I fully understand. So she was a fitness trainer and she was modeling at the time. And at the point between modeling and fitness, she kind of put that together and she was trying to become a boxer. And she did bodybuilding too. She won championships. She did some bikini modeling, like fitness. Like she was, she was doing her thing, which I'm not mad at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that for her. Really, I do. Her and Russell had a relationship and the relationship just kind of seemed like it was, it was cool. Like this is a producer. This is his pretty girlfriend. Everything was great, you know, but everything really wasn't great. Like he wasn't making no money. He was not making any coin. So he was basically relying on her to get the coins via her modeling 
and her bodybuilding and stuff like that. And she like it just it just was not good for her in general. Okay, it wasn't good for nobody. Let me just rewind a little second because I was wrong. Russell wasn't 20 something when he met her. He was actually 40. <laughs> he was 40 and she was 24. So that was also not the tea because his family, her family was like, first of all, he can't be a sugar daddy because how you a sugar daddy and ain't got no damn sugar. <laughs> how you a sugar daddy and ain't got no coin. That's not the way it goes. Her sister said that there was something about Russell that just didn't seem right. Like his eyes were really dark. It was not, he didn't seem like a sweet guy. She said that he was really stuck up, like really stuck up, like bet, like I always said, better than what he was and he was not. And everybody clocked that, but Catherine. They said that she used to brag about him at first saying, oh, he got money, he's real cool. And you know, she thought it was cool because he was popular back in the day. So that was like, the cool boy that was cool back in the day, but he ain't popular no more. So it's like, he's still in his head, thinks he's popular, but he's not. So not only was he basically making Catherine get all the money, but he was also whooping her ass at home too. Her family said that they would always see bruises and scratches and she would come over. Uh, she would try to put like makeup all over to cover it up, but you could still see, you could still see the bruises under the makeup. It's just a little cover, but you can still see it, okay? So it, anytime she would like try to break up with him or whatever, she would smooth talk, he would smooth talk, blah, 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 get her back, and you just be like, girl, you can't stop the girls <clears throat> being with somebody who they wanna be with. He would come back and say he's changed. We need to keep our family together. I'm gonna do better. Of course, they always do that. She would always defend him and say, oh, he's a good dad. And her friends was like, girl, he is not a good dad. He's not a good dad. So at some point, she was like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck this. I'm, I'm leaving. I don't want to do this anymore. So she was ready to do her own life with her kids and just do what she had to do to be a mom and provide for her and her children. Because at this point, that was all they had. So she put her kids in like a new private school. She would pick them up pack their lunches, make sure everything was cool. She wanted them to be successful in their life. And this was a new beginning for her, which was great. And this new beginning did not include Russell. So one day at the Houston Police Department, Russell Neal walks in and goes to the front desk and says, hey, um, I got into a fight. I think my girlfriend is dead. She might need medical attention. I don't know. Now, this man come in there, they said that she actually, he came in there and was like dressed up. Like he had on this, he had a look, he had put the whole look together. Like the detectives on this show I watched about it said that he had really, he put on a look to come in there to basically turn himself in. So this is what they're actually saying happened. So she left her mom, and when I say she, Catherine left her mom's house on June 28th of 2014. And after that, nobody ever saw her again. So then on July the 1st, 2014, was when Russell goes to the police department. And they, they kept saying that he would not say she was dead. He just says that they got into a fight and she needed medical attention. Okay, what? All right, so they get the paramedics. They rush to the apartment that Catherine had with her two kids. And they said that when they got there, it was really, 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 really bad. Police said that they found Catherine. Of course, she was dead that her head had been bashed in with a blunt object 
and there were stab wounds all over her body from a really sharp object, probably a knife, maybe some glass, not sure. But it is what it was. Her mom stated that you couldn't even tell it was her. When she went to go identify the body, she just was hoping that they had the wrong person because her beautiful daughter looked nothing like herself because of what he had done to her. They basically described it as overkill. Now, you know, when it comes to abusers and their girlfriends and when it gets to the point where they're about to murder them, it's going to be overkill because it's a crime of passion because they feel so passionately about these things that they're going to just do these things. And the shitty powder about all that was the little boys were in the house when he did it. They were locked in another room away from them, but they were in there. And in an interview, the family also said that they believed that one of the little boys actually walked out and saw what was happening because he talks about it. He has nightmares. He'll say stuff like dad had blood on his shoes. And he said that the dad told him it was ketchup. Like, you just going to tell your friend, your kids is ketchup when they see their mama on the ground. They said that you couldn't recognize anything about her. The only thing you could recognize about her was her teeth and her mouth because she recognized her daughter's smile. And that's the only thing she recognized on her. So he really did her dirty. Really did her dirty all because she wanted to leave him because he was abusive. He was a liar. He was an old ass man that was creeping on her. She wanted to get her shit together and he was not having it. They said that Catherine had been dead for several days before he came and turned himself in. Several days. So after Russell turned himself into the police, he wouldn't say nothing else. He was like, I need a lawyer. Need a lawyer, need a lawyer, need a lawyer. Okay. He was then charged with first degree murder and he was released on a $100,000 bond. I will never understand how the justice system will release somebody with a bond knowing that they actually did murder somebody. That makes no sense whatsoever. Makes no sense. Now the whole time, <clears throat> while they didn't know where Catherine's was, what happened to her? Their two little boys were at Russell's mom's house. They stayed with her for like a full month. Like the mom was letting him come see them, kick it, whatever, give them baths. Whole time, the dad that did it was going to see the kids because he had took them to the mom's house. So at which point, at that point, Child Protective Services did something right finally because, you know, they don't do shit they supposed to do. They came and took the boys from there and gave them to Catherine's mom, where they probably should have been in the first place. And then two months later, Russell's bond is revoked. They said that, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Russell tells the people at the jail the bail bondsman, that he no longer answers to the name Russell Neal. He says his new name is Jesus Christ. So now he's at a state hospital and he's trying to play the I'm crazy role. Okay? He's playing the I'm crazy shit. You know, because, I mean, that's the easiest way to get off from a murder. Just play you crazy. They put you in a mental hospital. Bomb, you good. You're not dead. You're not nothing. You just, you're just in there. Okay? So after a full year of treatment at the Rusk State Hospital in Harris County, they said that the court came to a conclusion. And I'm sure y'all already know where I'm going with this. They said that Russell Neal is mentally ill and he remains incompetent to stand trial. Bravo, Russell, you pulled it off. 
We all know based on these cases that I've talked about, if somebody is mentally ill, you cannot try them. So, he's just in the state hospital, still incompetent for trial. Even though they said that he knew what he was doing when he murdered his girlfriend, he's still mentally, quote, quote, ill, and he can't do anything. Guess what, y'all? In this year of 2023, Russell Neal is still declared incompetent to go to trial. In this year of 2023, let me repeat that, he still has not gone to trial yet for this. So he sits there for all these years playing crazy, knowing good and goddamn well he ain't crazy. I guess he found the loophole that worked for him because he still hasn't gone to trial and Catherine's family is still pissed off about that. Now here's another weird thing. Catherine, Martinez's mom, says that, you know, they never heard good stuff about that family, about Russell's family as a whole. Why, you ask? Because Russell has another brother, a younger brother named Ronald. Ronald did the exact same thing to his girlfriend many years prior. He had a pretty girlfriend. Her name was, I can't, I, want, I don't want to mispronounce it, but it, her last name was McGee. Stavine McGee, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm so sorry. He had her, abused her. She left him. He killed her. They took the kids, and he's in jail too. And he's trying to plead that he's crazy as well. Now, is that like actual genetically family disposition that both brothers unalived their girlfriends and they were beating on them and they're in jail and saying that they are mentally ill? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like an act. Like a lot of times, like it's an act. Like, is it like, is it like narcissism or because I don't think it's mentally ill because you knew what you were doing the whole time. You didn't go crazy because you got dressed, kicked it for a while, and then just randomly went into the police station and told them what you did. So you, you just decided like one day, I'm going uh, I'm to I'm play crazy while I'm not here. So that way I won't go to jail. I bet you his lawyer told him to do that or his brother told him to do that. His brother was like, shit, my will telling you crazy. You don't go to trial, you know what I'm saying? Lots of people get off like that. It's a lot of people in jail right now that murder people and have been in jail for 10 plus years because they're not mentally competent to stay in trial. So they just sit around doing nothing while the family's still grieving, still ain't got no closure, and y'all just sitting in jail eating and drinking for free, playing cards and making ramen. Child. I know this wasn't a long one, but I just, I like to do like little celebrity stories like this because... I thought this one was really crazy because like, how do you just, you in a popular group. You don't want to be in a group no more because you think you're better than what you are. You leave the group, the group goes on without you. You see that you actually weren't the Beyonce of the group. You were actually someone else. And now you get a girlfriend. You feel like you can control her. You do. She leaves you. You kill her. Now you in jail. You ain't got no hit records. And your whole group's legacy is tarnished because you don't know how to act. You hate to see it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me for this really quick story. I just 
wanted to throw this one out there just because I felt like it was a good one. I have some more stuff coming for you, so make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at midnight on Dystopia or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can follow me on all social medias at In Killing Color. And when I say all, I mean all. Okay? All of them. All of them. <laughs> all links will be at the bottom of my show notes. So you can go there, click, and find me. And let's connect. I love y'all. Talk to you next time. Bye.